0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue has over 30 years experience helping families with their babies and young children. Today's Kindling Helpline is a special highlight show for the Queen's birthday. Chris will be back live from next Monday, so please email through your questions to conversation at kindling.com.au or text us on 0437 Kindling Helpline is brought to you by 136. National Home Doctor Service. 136 is Australia's largest network of home visiting doctors. So if you need urgent medical care, but your GP is closed, make the call to sick Chris has over 30 years experience working with families, and she's also the author of Bringing Baby Home, which is a guide to helping you in those first stages of parenthood. So, Chris, hello. Hello. (laughs) Let's start. This is from Kelly. And we're talking about managing night visits from kids. So this is referring to a three- or four-year-old who was getting out of bed and going into his parents. Kelly says, well, kids don't get up for a pleasant chat. If they do, it's nice and easy. So they come to say good day. It's easy to put them back into bed. Mm. But... It's a list of demands and manipulations that make you engage that make this a challenging thing to put kids back to bed. So, for example, they're saying, I'm scared, I need the toilet, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I feel sick, I'm still hungry. Yep, tantrums and things like that. If you take the hard line, it sounds like then they have a tantrum.
1: Um, how,
0: How do you manage that or can you avoid it?
1: Well, the first thing I do is I tick the list before they go to bed. So I'm ticking the list. So they're not hungry because you put them to bed. They're not thirsty because generally they're fed well during the day and they've drank well during the day. I think it's just they've woken up and they're a bit unsure about going back to sleep. So it depends on their age because obviously this child can talk because it can say I need a whatever. And so the first thing I do long before they've gone to bed is tell them that we don't need to get up overnight to have a drink or to get a cuddle. If we wake up, we need to go back to sleep. So you're sort of stating what's going to happen. The most difficult one is I need to go to the toilet.
0: Yes, because you don't want them them to wet the bed.
1: (laughs) So only for the toilet one and only if they don't have a nappy on, I would just say, okay, let's go to the toilet and then we're going straight back to bed. So we're quick and quite sharp with what we're doing. You're right. If you engage them, you're going to be up for a long period of time. So don't engage them. If they walk into the room, the best thing to do, and they're just walking in the room saying, oh, I need a cuddle, the best thing to do is say, it's time for sleep, and walk them straight back and put them back in their bed. Don't talk. Don't talk. So the next thing, I need to go to the toilet. We are going to the toilet, you're going back to bed. It's a very deliberate, this cause and effect. Mm. And so, so the when more they- you engage the more the list will get longer.
0: And so when they're awake, I'm not saying that you can get into the head of a three- or four-year-old, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much no. But if they're awake, what, what's going on? Why aren't they going back to I their think they're beds? just
1: quite woken up. And mm-hmm. even as adults, like I was awake for half an hour last night and could not. I was just tossing and turning. But as an adult, I can bring myself back to a state of going back to sleep. And often a two- and a three-year-old and a three- and a four-year-old, they can't. And I think some of them are just looking for reassurance. They can get the reassurance, but they don't need to do the engaging because then they're wide awake and everyone's wide awake and then there's this nasty argument at 3 o'clock in the morning. Nobody needs that, do they, Kelly? Yeah, so (laughs) keep it clear, keep it concise and put them back to bed.
0: You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. This is a highlight show for the Queen's birthday. Chris will be back live in the studio from next Monday at midday. You can email through your questions for then to conversation at kindling.com.au or text us on 0437 665 200. Chris manages families, when I say manages, helps families <laughs> from the very short. small babies to older kids and the mix that you get when you have children of all ages. We've got a question from Leanne here. She says, "Why does my two-year-old suddenly cover his ears when machines make noises, like a washing machine or stuff like that?" Do you know, actually, suddenly, do you know what? My actually, my um Leanne, my son does it. Did that a lot when he was younger. Younger. No, yeah. well, about two and a half. But even at three, sometimes now, if a truck goes past on the road or if something's really yeah. loud, he just.
1: Is I think that... their their hearing is quite acute. So sometimes when it's a sudden noise, like a big truck going past, I can completely get that they're going to cover their ears because it's almost like a little shock. The washing machine, I think that's a fairly usual noise that you would hear in a household, but it's usually just a sign of acute hearing. Nothing more. You don't, you I don't, don't think you'd have it, to worry about it at all. You don't need to get it checked? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, think, I was worried about that too, actually. Yeah, huh? I, I think it's just a normal behaviour. And as they get used to being out more and hear more noises, it becomes the white noise in the back. Unless, so, Leanne, you never do the washing. In yeah,
0: which case, <laughs> <it's a very laughs> nice. if you never put the washing on, then maybe, you know, you shouldn't wash the clothes more often. I doubt that. If Leanne is a mum of small cho- children, yeah, she's think, got the washing machine on all the I time.
1: Most kids do it and most little kids do it to the vacuum cleaner. So if the true. vacuum cleaner goes on. They'll put their hands over there because yep. of the pitch and the tone of the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. So, but it's nothing to worry about. I just reassure them. That's okay. Mummy's just going to vacuum cleaner, a vacuum clean, and then move on. Yeah, yeah, or move them away from the washing machine. Yeah. I guess.
0: Well, Leanne, I hope that helps. Um, we have a question from Emily. My eleven-month-old is still waking two to three nights, for, two three times in a night, for breastfeed. But feeds only take three to four minutes. Then she's back to sleep. Help.
1: That's a tough one. So she is feeding for three or four minutes. Um, It doesn't say whether she's on both sides or one side. An 11-month-old, generally speaking should be able to sleep for a long period at night. And I'm sure if she was just waking at three in the morning, taking a three-minute feed and going back to sleep, this probably wouldn't be such a big deal. But two or three times a night, that's probably just in her wake cycles. And she's sort of getting in the habit of, you know, feeding to go back to sleep just for a few minutes of comfort. So what I would suggest to do is the first time she wakes overnight, try and resettle her. Try any way of resettling her, but try and resettle her first. Second time she wakes, give her the feed and make sure she feeds well. So both sides, get up, sit up, feed her. And then the third time she wakes up, try and resettle her. And you'll just gently wean in her off those night feeds.
0: Caroline says, hi, Chris. Any tips to help my 11-week-old not wake after one sleep cycle during the day? They sleep... Great at night, but struggling with more than 45 minutes sleep during the day.
1: Okay, so this is a very, very typical. So around that three-month mark, when they become really alert and aware of their environment, they'll wake after a 45-minute cycle. And this is one of those moments where you're just going to hang on a little bit and you're going to move through it, give the baby a little bit of maturity, and suddenly the sleep cycles will come back together. So my suggestion is that at least twice in the day that you try for two sleep cycles in a sleep period. So one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So maybe first thing in the morning when you're at home, we try and resettle to get her back off or him back off to sleep again. This will take time and patience. Initially, it will take you anywhere up to 20 minutes to get them to resettle. And what we're looking for is that over time, the sleeps come closer together and the resettling becomes less. But this can take children quite some time. So pick your time frames where you're willing to give it a go. And, uh, you know, the rest of the day, we just get on with what we're doing. So you might have a big sleep in the morning before you go out. Then there might be a nap phase while you're out because you often don't do more resettling. And then the afternoon, you might try again. But it literally can take babies up to a month to learn this. So take a little breath, um, get your little pattern going and be consistent and generally speaking, it will get better.
0: Stacey says, my three-year-old gets extremely overexcited in new social situation and acts out by hitting and throwing things. He attends childcare and copes well. I've tried teaching him to have calming breaths. What else can I do?
1: Oh, well, you're doing a good job, Stacey. So teaching a three-year-old to have calming breaths is quite a trick on its own. So the only thing I could probably um, suggest at this point is to sort of tell the three-year-old what the expectation is. So we're going to Amy's place today and we're going to play with Jack. And when you go in, we're going to walk in nicely. You're going to hold mummy's hand. So sort of talk him through it a little bit. He's three. He has cognitive development and he knows and understands what we're talking about. Um, And then give him a little bit of we don't hit and we don't throw. So if you hit, we will have to go home. So give him something to think about. Am I going to hit? But you've got to help him through that period because his reaction is to get overexcited and just give a slap here and there. So common, but pre-warn him on your behavior that you want from him and give him a little warning about what will happen if he does hit. So if he hits, then we're going to go have to go home early. And just keep it really simple and you should be able to move through it. And advice from a parent
0: who is not very good at following through on consequences, that is <laughs> Me make the consequences something that you are happy to do as well. Absolutely. Because there's been times I think there was a time we were (laughs) recently out at Vivid in Sydney in the middle of the zoo. Beautiful, beautiful night, and my husband actually said to my son, If you don't behave, we're gonna go home and I'm like, Well, we can't go home because we can't catch a ferry. There's nothing here, so just make it a, just you know make it a consequence so you can actually do as and you're long okay as, doing. As
1: long as the discipline isn't a maybe, the discipline has to follow through.
0: You're listening to Kindling Helpline. I'm with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. She has over 30 years' experience helping families across Sydney, which is where she's based. Um, but through Kindling Helpline has helped families across Australia. We have a question from Annie, Chris, that says, what advice do you have for a a two-and-a-half-year-old that refuses to let her dad take care of her when I'm in the room? As soon as I leave, she's fine, but if hubby and I are at home, she whines and complains until I take over from whatever thing her dad is helping her with, be it feeding her for dinner, bathing, putting her to bed. If I'm there, then it's not even an option that dad be doing those things for her. It's all on me." I don't want to say no because I don't want her to think I don't want to spend time with her, but I'm almost at my wits' end.
1: Then I mean, it's probably time to say no. So <laughs> if, if you're at your wits' end, obviously this isn't a little bit and happening occasionally. This is happening a lot. It is a difficult thing, and, and I think the main thing to remember here is just consistency through parents. So if you've said daddy's going to take you to a bath then both of you need to follow through on that. So if we are in this situation where she's sort of fully attached to you and your husband has said, I'm going to take her for a bath now, as long as you both follow through on that, yep, she'll carry on a little bit going to the bath. But I think when she comes back and you say, okay, now mummy will take you to read a story before we go to bed and you follow through, she'll be much calmer. So that's one strategy, you know, follow through on whoever's doing it. If she's, if she's in the lounge room with daddy and you're gone to the kitchen to cook some dinner, then you just have to follow through. And that's both of you have to follow through. So dad has to help you out here and try and distract her into some behaviour where she might be playing or something along those lines. The second one is to do things together. So that's version one or plan one. Plan two is to do things together. So for a few days, you just literally do things together. You all go and bath her and you put her to bed and you change her clothes so that she sees both of you all of the time. And then I think that will it will allow that behavior to settle a little bit more. So it's a little bit along the lines of the more she whinges, the more you fix it to stop the whinging, which I think any parent would probably do. But she needs, she needs to understand that Daddy can do it as well, that Daddy can do as much as Mummy can. Otherwise, you might just be going out for a wine.
0: Yeah, yeah you time. could just leave the house. <laughs> I like that option. But that doesn't fix the problem. No. Though you would be drinking a lot of wine. (laughs) Yes. Um, You're listening to Kindling Helpline on Kindling Conversation. We're with mother craft nurse, Chris Minogue. She's got over 30 years experience. She's also written a book called Bringing Baby Home that helps with the initial stages once you you come home with your new baby. We have a question from Catherine. says, Hi, Chris. If we're cutting down day naps to help with a more solid night's sleep, should we bring bedtime early? Currently, one-and-a-half-hour nap until 2 p.m., bed at 7.30 p.m. If we cut down the nap or cut it out altogether, do we bring forward bedtime too?
1: The answer is yes, but, Catherine, it doesn't tell us what age the baby is, which I think is I'm assuming that it's one sleep Mm. by the look of this. So I'm assuming that it's one sleep. So for a child to have a a one-and-a-half-hour sleep and go down at 7.30 that child would need to be about two, two and a half, I would think. So a child under two probably um, would need more than an hour and a half sleep. So I don't think you would be doing yourself a favour by cutting it down. So if that child is over two and you're cutting it down to an hour and a half, then they usually need five and a half hours before they go to sleep. So that would be right. They'd still go down at 730 If you were at the stage where you felt you had to um, end the day sleep because it was impacting the night, so that's a child over two and a half, closer to three, then you do put them down earlier because they won't won't last the distance. And the earliest I would put them to bed is 6.30. So if it looks like a meltdown's occurring at four o'clock, I'd have them in bed for 6.30. If they're coping okay, I'd just coast between 6.30 and 7.30. Okay, so we. I think with this, from the way it reads, is an older child that's cutting down their day sleep. So, yeah, you do bring their their um, sleep forward.
0: We're partnering with Coles Online and giving you the chance to win four $100 Coles Online vouchers. You've got two days left to enter our first competition. It ends on June 14. Simply head to the Kindling website to enter. Save money and time with Coles Online. They hand-pick, hand-pack and hand-deliver groceries straight to your kitchen bench at a time that works for your family. And tune in next Tuesday for our Making meal times Easier episode on bulk cooking. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. This is a highlight show for the Queen's birthday. Chris will be back live in the studio from next Monday at midday. You can email through your questions for then to conversation at kindling.com.au or or text us on zero four three seven double six five two hundred. I've wondered before with um, bedtime. So our kids, we they're three and five, and we yep. start. Well, we the aim is we get them into bed at seven, and we read to them, and they're generally asleep Sleep by seven
1: thirty.
0: Um, at what age do you sort of think about letting them stay up later?
1: So a, f- um, a five to seven-year-old, like in, and going up from there, probably starts their bedtime routine around the 7.30. So they're almost at an age where one will go to bed and then the other will go to bed. And I think that that's important. There's, there will be a little bit of carry on from the three-year-old because he's sort of used to seeing them both, the both of them going to bed. But I think that we have to respect if they're getting older that they could stay up a little bit later so you would um, put your younger one to bed at seven because he's only three and I think you would start Darcy's night time um, at seven thirty. Yeah. But it depends on the Because she if she's really tired from school she might need yeah. to be in bed by seven. She's always asleep before her brother. <laughs> always. Always. <laughs> but you'll find as the school goes on she'll, she'll get, get used a to she'll it. get a momentum back. Ah, I'm quite <laughs> liking that. Yeah, about seven thirty. About okay. seven thirty. So that's it's not that true. much later, but it's quite nice that she has a bit of time that's her time.
0: Yeah. Her time is with nice. you it's very hard to get yeah. that time. Anyway, I'll ask your questions now. Sorry, that was a bit selfish. Fiona asks, um, any tips for a 17-month-old waking at 4.30 a.m. when they normally wake at 5.45, 6 a.m. and goes to bed at 6.45 p.m.?
1: Oh, um, I it, it reads as if that's just a behaviour of waking up at 4.30. I would have to assume that their 17-month-old has one day sleep in the middle of the day. Um, So going to bed at 7.45, 7 o'clock seems reasonable. Waking up at 5.45, 6 o'clock is the minimum sleep for that age group. So when they start waking at 4.30, which is typical of babies that wake generally around 5.30. So if they generally wake around 5.30, it's not unusual for their sleep to creep backwards Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> you This is why nice. people who, who know me would say, she always says resettle at 5.30. And it's really tough because you think, well, it's only half an hour, but it makes a difference in the long term. Mm. And so I would treat 4.30 as if it was 2.30. And I generally speaking would resettle. So it's just, and it's really difficult with a 17 month old. They're big, they're loud, they're noisy, they can walk, they can throw things out of their cot, but you're going to have to do moments of of self-settling with some reassurance and then moments of self-settling and do it to the time frame you want them to wake up at. So if you want them to wake up after six, you need to do it till after six so that the pattern is set, but it is reasonable that a child going down at quarter to seven, seven o'clock would sleep through till six or six or thereafter. And how um, how long would you expect it to take to sort of seventeen month old? Or mm. I'd say to take a good week. So anyway. you have to have stamina. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> Do luck. it across good a weekend. Luck, Fiona. I'm Jay Gaya and you're listening to Kindling Kids Radio.
0: We have a question from Lisa, who says, Our 13-month-old is extremely alert and fights sleep. We've oh. always rocked her to sleep. I've tried controlled comforting, but she won't lie down, and she gets so upset, and when I come back in the room, it's as if it annoys her even more. Oh. Yes. We have a second baby due in November and worried when she could grow out of this. Can they grow out of this? Rocking is working for us. Any suggestions?
1: Because your arms are going to get sore. Well, you're going to get bigger.
0: Yeah. So there's
1: one problem. Mm. Okay. So let's see what we can what we can do for her. Um, she's extremely alert and fights sleep. Uh, she could be on two sleeps in the day, and if she's really alert, you could try to very slowly wean her onto one sleep in the day. Usually, that's around the 14 month mark. So 13 months, if she's really alert, you could try just decreasing the morning sleep which will increase the afternoon sleep and slowly bring it to one sleep at about 11.30, she would need to go to bed earlier at night. So if she normally goes at seven, I would put her down at 6.30 to adjust that. The only hesitation with that is often when we put a 13-month-old onto one sleep, they are a little bit suicidal by five o'clock in the afternoon, which means they don't eat well and they don't suck well. So that stirs up a whole lot of other problems. So, then you've got her learned experience, rocking to sleep. So, pretty much when she goes to sleep, she gets rocked to sleep. It's working for you, but you're going to get bigger and there's going to be a new baby. So, if dad's happy to take this over, um, then that's fine, whatever works for the family. The problem is, every time she wakes up, she'll need to be rocked back to sleep. And on average, they wake up somewhere between four and six times if you ever watch a video of them sleeping there all over the place they sit up they lay down they stand up they sit down they roll around their bed and each time she does that she's going to need to be rocked to sleep so my answer would be probably what you've tried and to do some controlled comforting where she cries for a little bit and you pat for a little bit and she cries. She will get upset. Um, there is absolutely no doubt about it. But if you're happy to rock her, you have to be happy to rock her every time she wakes up because that's her known ability to sleep.
0: I'll just add here, Lisa, thank you for adding this. Um, she's letting us know that she has one sleep about three, three hours, hours a
1: day. in the day. Um she's a good
0: sleeper during the day my kid never is. slept that long
1: oh, didn't she? <laughs> no good one one sleeper so if she's having mm. 3 hours I'm going to assume it must be around lunchtime that she's having that 3 hours so she must be up at about 2 to 30 and again she probably needs about 5 hours from then so putting her down at 7 so I suspect uh, she self settles overnight no problems at all Ah, no wonder you kept rocking her. That
0: sounds yeah. <laughs> she's a good sleeper,
1: so um, mm, she's tough. extremely alert and fights sleep. But she self settles overnight. Well, that's excellent. I think just put her down and let her self settle like she does overnight might be the trick to that.
0: Mm. You know, the other thing is, is um, she, I've got to say, Lisa, is that I sometimes was just too scared to try to put her stuff.
1: down. Yeah, to put yeah. her down. So I I agree. I think um, if she can do it at night, there's a fairly good chance she could do it in the day with consistency. Um, And I think we've just got into the habit. So she sounds like she's a good little sleeper. Mm. She just just can't get to sleep. Now, some of the reasons you see her as alert is because she's looking at you because she physically can look at you. So that is why she's alert have a go, put her down, give her a few minutes, go back, give her a little cuddle and put her down again and see if that might work for her because everything else seems to be in place for her.
0: Yeah, and that's a hard thing, isn't it? Yeah, like when it's a really difficult something. thing.
1: Take a little breath, try it for three days and see if it works. Put her down first, walk away, give her a few minutes, come back, give her a little cuddle, put her back down, walk out, go backwards and forwards while you can. Because mm. that second baby's going to grow.
0: And maybe um, as well, <laughs> the question might be for Lisa, that um, how long do you try a method like controlled, comforting?
1: Um, I, for a 13-month-old, probably a good five days with within range. So, so not screaming and yelling and carrying on, but um, I would think that the first day or so it would be the most difficult. And then you would see slow improvement, slow improvement, slow improvement. Now, slow improvement could mean that she just cries for a few minutes. She allows you to pat her when you go in there. You don't have to pick her up as much. So you're just slowly moving forward to de- uh, independent sleep behavior.
0: All right. Well, um, Lisa, good luck. It sounds yeah. to me. Unfortunately, children aren't straightforward, are they? (laughs) Well, anyway, we hope that helps. Um, And I just should mention we do have um, more questions here. We won't be able to get to everyone. I'm so sorry. We've got to wrap up in a couple of minutes. But I will ask one more question from Miff. And um, ladies, we'll try and and gentlemen, whoever's (laughs) put a question down, we'll try and answer them uh, next next helpline. So we'll message you on Facebook and let you know where to find the answers Mm. if we don't answer it tonight. Um, So this question comes from Miff says, hi there, our two-and-a-half and and four-year-old boys share room and bedtime is impossible. They feed off each other, playing, coming out of the room and generally not settling. By the time we get them down, my husband and I are exhausted. Any tips for making this easier?
1: If possible, separate them. Mm. So that would be my first thing because they're just playing off each other. Maybe they need a bit of space and time. So, you know, maybe put in um, your two-and-a-half-year-old down in one room in your four-year-old for a little while the other way of looking at this is don't put them down together so that's that's a disaster so a two and a half year old you could put them down at quarter to seven seven o'clock and the four-year-old I wouldn't put down till seven thirty. like I'd put a two and a half year old read him a story at quarter to seven give him a cuddle put him down uh, the four-year-old I'd take into another room do the story reading let that two and a half year old go to sleep for about 20 minutes and then bring the four-year-old in on the proviso that he has to be very quiet. If that didn't work, I'd separate them for a little bit, and, which may not be possible. And it might sound hard, but strangely enough, um, with our
0: kids, they're on, in bunks and yeah. Darcy's on the top and my son Allos on the, on the bottom, bottom. And we we do put them to bed at the same time. But if one of them goes to sleep, it's amazing. I thought it would never work, but yeah, it, it does it work. Did work. But yeah. it And again, I see the the benefit as well, of course, of separating the
1: yeah. times if you can. When it, works, when it works, it's fantastic. And I think, you know, kids learn a lot by sharing, mm. by sharing a room. Or being, not sharing. <laughs> or being conscious of another person in a room. Yeah. But I think that's just a tricky age group. Yeah, it Two is, and a half it? and four-year-olds. They are going Two boys. to... boys. Yeah, well, even boys and girls would play off each other. So I think it's a little bit tricky... I, I would personally go for putting one down first and then putting the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that didn't work, I'd separate.
0: Kinderling Conversation That was Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. She'll be back next week from midday answering your questions. Kindling Helpline is brought to you by 13SI National Home Doctor Service. If you or a loved one need urgent medical care but your GP is closed, make the call to 13 Sick. That's 137425 for a bulk build after hours doctor home visit. been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to
1: kindling.com.au.
0: You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode.